This is the Russian dynamite Masha Slamovich. Becca here. This is not America's sweetheart Davian. It's Billy Starks and the super fly guy Trayvon Jordan. This is the fly side flyer Jalen Brandon. Hardcore princess Jules Malone. Hi there, this is the bubblegum princess Alexia Nicole. This is the Brazilian Wonder Woman Christy Jane. This is the baddest black belt Chennai Kai. This is Kid Bandit. The smash hit Joel Bateman. This is Robin Renegade. Cody Hawk. Brutal Bob Evans. And you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. This is T.Y. Jackson, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the web today. The trusted choice for interviewing all your favorite wrestlers. For the last three years on YouTube and Castbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. I'm, of course, your host, James J, and it is a great day for wrestling because we are wrestling with T.Y. Jackson. Hey, James, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's uh, T.Y. Jackson. You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at T.Y. Jackson. Um, you can also see me live uh, this Thursday and Friday for Love Wrestling and on Saturday for Real Canadian Wrestling. Oh, and uh, merchandise? Uh, yes, and for merchandise, you can also just go to my Instagram. You can find a link tree there and you can uh, find my pro wrestling teach space. And you don't even have to do that. You could go just simply go into the description of the video below, but on YouTube it's Castbox, and um, all of the links will be for all his social media and merchandise will be in the description. Alright, um, let's get into it. You work for Love Pro Wrestling and your Canadian wrestling. Can you tell us about your relationship with those companies? Yeah, I know. I have a great relationship with those companies. Uh, so I work for Love Pro. I love. I work for Real Canadian Wrestling. Uh, I also work for Top Talent Wrestling and Can Am Wrestling. So I'm kind of uh, all over the place when it comes to Alberta wrestling. But uh, I like to think that I have a good relationship with all these companies, and uh, they've all uh, treated me well and given me some great opportunities. So no complaints. Well, uh, coming up um, for Love Pro Wrestling, uh, I believe on the 27th. Um, you have a really big match, and um, you're teaming with Rich King and Ben to go up against Seven and Thaddeus Archer. Um, and mm-hmm. there are major implications to that match, no? Yeah, so uh, the losing team will lose their manager, and they will not be able to manage at Love Pro Wrestling ever again. So, yeah, like you said, it's going to be some big, uh, big stakes match here. But uh, I'm super confident in Rich King, you know, my long-term tag partner, um, and Ben Omen, who's also been my long-term, you know, mentor and and, and given me some good uh, uh, kind of tidbits and information when it comes to wrestling. So, like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, losing Ben. I think. Uh, TJ and Mars are should be a little bit more concerned that uh, Thaddeus Archer is not going to be able to manage LPW anymore. For sure, and Thaddeus has been somewhat of a dawn in the side of the rats, no? Yeah, he has. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I actually really liked Thad when I first met him. You know, I thought he was really cool. I liked uh, his different colored suits and his different, uh, you know, the, the persona that he had. But then as soon as I just joined Love Pro Wrestling and we started, uh, you know, creating our own faction as the Rads, I think he got kind of jealous that there was another, 
you know, manager in town. And, you know, Judge Ben Oman just has way better drip than him. So he's, uh, I guess he's jealous. So I've started to grow a hate for um, Thaddeus Archer in all of seven. And uh, that hate's going to culminate uh, the 27th at LPW to see who's going to keep their manager. I mean, uh, Ben's fashion sense is definitely, definitely has more drip than Thaddeus. Oh, for sure. Those pasty legs of his and the short shorts and the Hawaiian shirt and the, the bucket hat, you know, you can't you can't get better than that. You know, he is the embodiment of Hot Rad Summer, you know. Without a doubt. And obviously, later in the night is a big deal for the Rats as well as Larry Woods is competing for the Grand, uh, the grand Championship against Zoe Seiko, a match that you actually won, no? Yeah, I did. So... I mean, I guess uh, that night Larry decided that uh, he had had enough from uh, all of the losses that he was taking and uh, all of the the mess-ups that he's had for the past couple months, and uh, he decided to take that opportunity for himself. And uh, not going to lie, I was a little frustrated at first. I was a little angry. A lot of things came through my head about what do I do. Um, But I I figured at that moment, you know, to to stick to our guns and realize that, you know, we're all boys and... uh, you know, if we don't support him, who is? So uh, he's got a big shot, and uh, you know, Larry made a big move signing that contract. So he has to, he has to prove it. He has to get that championship, or there's going to be some consequences. Well, um, you did actually have an opportunity against Zoe Sago for the Grand Championship um, not too long ago. Um, the main event of uh, Love Pro Wrestling against the champion for the championship in a singles match. What did that moment and opportunity mean to you? I mean, the opportunity was really cool to be, you know, featured in the main event of, um, you know, that show. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. You know, I had to, I had to beat Michael Allen, Richard Clark in a, in a really devastating, um, and painful, you know, street fight to get that opportunity. So um, it's not that it wasn't earned, but I think it was it was uh, it was cool to be in that main event and and finally get that opportunity to you know go for some some top level gold. And uh, I mean, you mentioned it was a singles match, but let's be honest here. I think it was more of a handicap at that point with Reed <laughs> Matthews just uh, you know, <laughs> I guess uh, sticking his nose in in Zoe's business. But I guess that's what happens when you hire a bodyguard and you know. As much as I don't like him and as much as I don't like Zoe, he's an effective bodyguard and, uh, you know, he's worth the money that Zoe's paid for him, so. And let's talk about um, the, the hardcore match you had with um, Michael Allen, Richard Clark. Um, arguably one of the most brutal matches <laughs> that I've seen in, in quite some time. Um, the latter spot. What could you tell us about that? Well, which one? There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of different ladder spots. <laughs> the one that seemed like you kind of missed him. It was. Uh, uh, he was on the table. You were on the oh. outside. The the jump party with spread wings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean now. Yeah. So uh, that was towards the end of the match after a, a gruesome, you know, painful match. Um, you know, I had Judge Ben over at the time and, and, you know, we were still, uh, that was before our court mandated face turn. So we were still, you know, being, you know, a little shady using some tactics and Ben decided to fireball Michael Allen, Richard Clark on the stage. Um, 
And uh, I thought I could get the win there, but Ben Oman told me, hey, maybe you should go up to the top and, and finish this. And, uh, you know, those uh, those tables are real, man. And uh, for anybody who knows what real tables are like, they uh, they don't break. <laughs> so I feel like uh, I actually gave uh, Michael Alwisher Clark more of a painful, you know, finish than he would like to going through that table. So um, I figure that's the reason why I got it done. Um. Shoot bowling ball or walking bowling ball? That was a shoot bowling ball. Yeah, that was uh, that was a real bowling ball, and it hurt. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> you know, he's uh, Michael and Richard Clark is a very uh, interesting character. He's uh, he's super talented, one of the most talented and and uh, interesting and like smart people in wrestling I've I've ever worked with. And uh, you know, I knew going into that match that he was gonna bring out some tactics and bring out some interesting things. And, uh, you know, I didn't expect a bowling ball to be coming right from my nuts, but, uh, I guess there's a first for everything. Hey, um, yeah. I mean, when it comes to wrestling, the only thing you can expect from pro wrestling is you can't expect anything. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, man. All right. Um, another unexpected thing you've done is Russell John Morrison, Johnny Fifty, um, Johnny Impact, Johnny, all the other Johnnies that he is in the world. Um, what did it kind of mean to you to be in the room with, um, you know, somebody like John Morrison? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very surreal experience, especially coming from somebody who grew up, you know, watching wrestling at that era. I mean, like when I was you know, 10 years old, you know, he was on TV, you know, having his feud with The Miz and stuff like that. So he was somebody that I grew up watching as a kid. Um, I remember trying to like do the Starship Pain like when I was a kid too and like failing at it miserably. So it's really cool for like all these years later to get that opportunity and, and to be in the ring with somebody like him and uh, not only just have the match, but also have some really cool conversations and really, um, you know, get some, pick his brain on certain things. And um, what I think not surprised me, but I think, you know, he was a really receptive and really nice human being, which, you know, sometimes people in the independence who come from such, you know, high levels of wrestling like that tend to may, may or may not, you know, be as receptive um, yeah. to, to working with, you know, guys who are a little bit younger in the industry, but he was super cool and super nice and super just, you know, into it and wanted to make it a great match and have a good moment. So I'm super thankful for that. And uh, to be able to spend time with somebody and, 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 be in the ring with somebody like that. So yeah, nothing but great things all around. How do you, when you're a child, how do you even attempt going for Starship Pain? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> you have to get creative. You know, it's, I think you just have to, I tried to go off a sofa, I think. That's what I tried to do. Um, and it didn't end well, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, uh, all these years later, I got hit by a Starship Pain. So I guess, uh, that's better than trying to do it. I think in my opinion, <laughs> Um, let's talk about them. Your relationship with the other members of the Rats. Larry Woods, Rich King, Mitch Clark, Judge Ben Oman. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you want to know? Like just uh, the general relationship what's between your, us? and I mean, what's your relationship with those guys? Uh, it's, it's great. Yeah, no, they're, uh, um, I'm sure when you've spoken to them, I think the answers are quite similar, but like, you know, it, it's more than just like a faction 
it's more than just a group that we work with we're actually really close friends in real life you know yeah. um we spend time together we hang out together you know so it really just feels like you get to you know go to work with one of your friends you know and, and get to do stuff and and in my opinion the best job in the world um with your friends is pretty cool so um yeah no i have a great relationship with all of them i think uh you know it took a lot of the different times for all of us to get acquainted to one another because we all kind of you know met at the same time we were all different stages in life and you know uh different people coming from different places so obviously there's like an adjustment period when you get to know people like that but um i think over the years it's just kind of made our bond stronger about like how unique we all are and how different we all are in our own ways which i guess makes a really well-rounded function or well-rounded faction um when everybody's kind of different and uh so yeah no it's a great relationship and uh you know, very thankful for those guys. What's a pet peeve about all of them that you just don't understand? A pet peeve? Oh, gosh, there's so many. You want me to go in order, I guess? Yeah, oh, okay. Cool. So, um, my pet peeve. Okay, I guess my pet peeve with Mitch is that, like, he could literally kill me with his bare hands, which... Uh, irritates me because i've i've tried to i've tried to wrestle him for real multiple times at shows and i don't even get even close to getting anything on him so uh i think that's my pet peeve with mitch um with larry i think it's just how happy of a human being he is you know i like to think of myself as a really you know uh glasses half full type guy but uh larry's just on the other end of that he's just the happiest human being in the world so um i'm jealous sometimes about how how happy he is uh rich is probably how shredded of a human being he is he is like super in shape so that makes me that's my pet peeve i think you've started to notice that my pet peeves are things that they have that i want to be <laughs> you know it's more <laughs> of a jealousy thing that is a pet peeve um because for rich yeah he's just like super built and for ben it's just like how mindful he is of wrestling and how like smart he is um and there's times where he'll like pitch an idea or say something and I'm like, I don't even know how you thought of that, but that's absolute genius. So um, yeah, I guess those are my pet peeves, so things that I want from them and that I'm mad that they have that I don't. And his impeccable fashion taste as well. Oh, it's amazing. I start to steal his fashion taste too. I'm, I'm slowly starting to take the Hawaiian shirt and the, <laughs> and the bucket hat. So you could tell next thing you know, I'll be out here with short shorts as well. No, uh, it, did, it does seem like when it came to the formation of the Rags and your relationship with these guys, um, it kind of started off a little rocky between you, Rich, and Ben. They did, didn't exact they didn't exactly take to you from the beginning, you no. Know? I think uh, maybe a little bit more Rich than Ben. I think Ben, we just. Um, I just think because the the different kind of positions we had in wrestling, like because he was a referee and he was the head referee at MPW at the time, and I was just like this green, you know, wrestler that we didn't interact much. Um, but Rich and I, I guess, had a little bit of a rocky start, just because I think, like I mentioned earlier, we were just different people from different places at different points in our lives. You know, right. um, you know, Rich. Rich was he's he's older, much more mature, much more put together. Has his had his life together at that point, um, and was trying out a new venture. And I was, you know, a seventeen year old kid out of high school who's like a big wrestling fan. So we kind of didn't have much to, you know, relate to together, and we kind of didn't have any much common interests other than wrestling. Um, 
but you know, I guess the best relationships start out a little rocky, you know, and opposites attract. So, you know, me and Rich uh, are pretty close now and uh, we chat all the time. So. I mean, only on then continuously just out of nowhere slapped you. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was an interesting part of, uh, I think the first tales of the undercard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, the trying to form the rads and, you know, the, they, they were annoyed and we took a lot of, uh, inspiration from our real lives, as I just mentioned, you know, just the differences in us. And we, uh, we used it on that first season of tales and, you know, Ben would slap me across the universe. Sometimes we'd be in the same room and he would still get me. <laughs> so he has that judge hands, those powerful judge hands. And obviously Mitch, um, choked you out that time on the show. He did, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, I, I got hazed pretty well, you know, that first season of Tales of the Undercard. I kind of had to prove my worth. Um, but I stuck around, so I guess that means something. And exactly, and like you said, you are one of, you know, you're the maybe closest to most of these guys as of now, even then, more than they were with each other now. Yeah, I think so. I think we all are just super close with each other now. You know, it takes time sometimes to build relationships, and especially in an industry where it's all, sometimes can be really individually based, and it's um, you know egos can get in the way and stuff like that. Um, I like to think that we, you know, are, are pretty good that you know we were able to kind of get close to each other and, and kind of sometimes put the ambitions of the group above the ambitions of our own, and uh, that's kind of helped us grow as performers and grow as friends. So. Yeah, I'm super thankful that, like, you know, that that uh, that mentality exists between all of us. I mean, you and Ben did um, learn Carney. You learned Carney from Ben, and you even went on a Saskatchewan lease hunt as well. We did, yeah. That was an interesting day. Um, ben is the the king. Like, so I mentioned earlier about how smart Ben is to wrestling, and uh, you know, to the point where he actually knows various dialects. Not just the one dialect of Carney. He knows multiple dialects from different regions across the world. So he can, he can tell you British Carney. He can tell you American Carney. He can tell you any Carney that you want to hear. He knows. So, um, you know, we figured as the Rads, it would be cool to kind of, you know, learn these dialects. We can be able to talk with each other without anybody knowing. And, uh, you know, learn from Judge Ben. And uh, he took us on that hunt to find lizards, lizards in Saskatchewan, which we did. And uh, to the point where, you know... Uh, Stuart Garvey, I think, got abducted. I got abducted. There was, there was multiple um, issues in Saskatchewan. So I don't recommend going to Saskatchewan alone unless you have uh, a group of, like, uh, lizard hunters, like the ghost hunters, where you can just find them and, and take them out one by one. Who came up with the, the Saskatchewan lees? <laughs> like the, the term Saskatchewan lees? I mean, just in general, I mean, this is obviously, obviously what we're talking about is, um, you know, Tales from the Undercard. Um, Correct. And, I mean, more of the insider terms of how you guys came up with that. It's so, if I'm being 100% honest with you, it just comes from us having conversations and you know, bullshitting with each other and then like just having stupid ideas come up in our mind. So I'm pretty sure the Saskatchewan lizard hunt came from like us doing shows for BEW at that time. And we would go to Saskatchewan a lot and, uh, 
you know, we like on the car rides there, we would just somehow get to the topic of lizards and, you know, Saskatchewan lizards and like, you know, talk about lizard people. And like, just from that, it just kind of evolves and morphs. And when you spend a lot of time in the car with people and, you know, you got to do something to pass the time, you kind of come up with some pretty interesting and ridiculous, uh, um, you know, uh, storylines and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure that just came from a car ride that we had at some point. And we were like, yo, let's just use that for Tails, you know? Well, continuing on uh, Tales of the Undercard, can you tell us about T.Y. Mania? <laughs> T.Y. Mania? Um, yeah, so T.Y. Mania is, uh, I guess it, it takes inspiration off of the uh, the Day Of series that WWE does on the network, where they just like go through, I'm sure most people just know, but they just go through Wrestler's Day when it comes to a big pay-per-view or whatever. And uh, we do these yearly shows at Real Canadian Wrestling for in this small little town called Boyle, which is probably a couple hours north of Edmonton. And um, they have a little ar- arena that, like, you know, is set up like kind of like a miniature, you know, it's a hockey arena, but it kind of looks like a miniature, you know, WrestleMania arena or stage or whatever. And uh, we were talking about, well, what if we just, like, do a day of kind of thing and we call it TY Mania? Um and uh, I guess in the past two TY Manias, uh, not only have I lost, but I've been beaten pretty badly. So um, maybe it's not a, <laughs> a good idea at this point, but, you know, we'll, we'll, every time we go there every year, we, have, we tend to make it a spectacle. So. And uh, then I would not be remiss to say that um, you are on a court-mandated um, uh, face toy. Correct. Do you feel like you had a fair trial? Absolutely not. No, no. Um, we were, the odds were sacked up against us to the point where I think we had no chance. I mean, for like, for God's sake, like Mars, a specialist or Reed Matthews. I don't know which one it was, but one of them was our uh, lawyer and the other was our prosecutor. But not only was that the case, but they were also on the stand uh, testifying against us, so it was just an absolute nightmare. We had we had no chance um, at all. You know, we tried to dress fancy. We tried to be, you know, professional. We tried to, you know, take this as a serious, you know, court date. But I feel like the uh, the judge and jury made their mind before we even stepped foot in the court that day. And uh, we are now here at our uh, court mandated face turn. And I did hear that you saw trying to get an appeal at this point. Oh, we've tried. We've tried to get multiple appeals. We've tried to talk to big bad boys. We've tried to talk to everybody, and nobody's returning our calls. Everybody's ignoring us. So um, I feel like that court has been disbanded, and they will never go back and uh, help us again. So we just kind of have to live with the result of the uh, the court-mandated face turn. Now, uh, speaking of Tales from the Undercourt, like one of the first episodes involved Fandango and you and Rich competed against him um, in a tag team match. Um, what was the experience like comp- competing against Fandango? Oh no, it was great. He was another one of those guys too that was, uh, you know, um, it was my first time. I think that was, I'm trying to think here. That might have been the first time I've ever wrestled against, you know, a, a quote unquote name. Um, so there is always the nerves there when you're working with somebody who, like I said, comes from like a, 
the, uh, the much higher status of wrestling than you are and you kind of you know um, are, are nervous but also excited um, and I think overall we had a great match um, had some circumstances that kind of you know led to Rich King being my tag partner because you know initially it was supposed to be a one-on-one but I think um, it was a blessing in disguise because that's kind of what led to what is now Tales from the Undercard was that very show. So, uh, no, it was a great match. And, uh, of course, Marcia Specialist tagged with him and that absolute troll that has been ruining our lives for the past three months. So he was there from the beginning and he's still here. So, And uh, and from that match, you got shaking hips. and Well, not touching hips, but shaking hips from that match as well. Correct. Yeah. So we, we basically, and we actually pitched this to Fandango too in the back. So it wasn't like we kind of just came up with it on the fly, but we were like, Hey, like, do you mind me and Rich kind of, you know, doing the whole Fandango kind of dance sequence um, and doing this, the hip shaking. And he was super cool. With it. He's like, yeah, go for it. That's, that's, that's fun. That's, that's good stuff. It'll, um, he seems to be much more into that kind of storytelling aspect of wrestling more than the wrestling itself. So um, it was really easy to kind of, um pitch that to him and that's where we got kind of the shaking hips thing um and then the touching tips we kind of just uh, got from another i guess there's another episode of tales where that came from so it, little bits and pieces coming from different places but yeah that's where we got the, the shaking hips from now um continuing this week on Mars the specialist um can you deny and or confirm that he was the one that actually named you the rads. Oh, what? That's not even close to the truth. Um, <laughs> their name, the name, the rads, actually came back when we were from Monster Pro. Actually, um, we were kind of, uh, we were kind of like a. I think it was before I was, I joined the, the the actual group. Like when it was just that before, like Rich, Larry, Ben, and Mitch. Um, they always referred to themselves as like the radicals from WCW, WWE. Um, so they uh we kind of used that as like to refer to the group um and then we took the we coined the term rads from there so we just kind of shortened it and, and and changed it up a little bit so um that's a little kind of origin of the name rads but no mars had no say in that <laughs> and uh did he tell you that he did he did of course he did <laughs> he, he's you know, he wants to take credit for everything that we've done that mars you know um but no that's not true well, I mean, it was at a time when I didn't realize, you know, that he stole Larry's car and, you know, you kidnapped him. And obviously there's there's issues between the rat yeah. and, and Morris. Yeah, there's there's been issues. So I guess uh, I, I can see why he tried to, I mean, to claim something of ours as his own because he has nothing else to, to his own name. So Now, uh, one thing that is interesting is that you was a part of the infinity gauntlet uh richard michael blaze is um in our match long match mm-hmm. um you know what did it kind of mean to you to be a part of such a a special moment that was kind of a little bit bigger than what was actually going on oh absolutely yeah no it was a, it was a great moment and it was uh I was super proud and happy and honored that, you know, Michael had asked me to do that um, because of, you know, first of all, wrestling eight hours in itself is an absolute, like, I don't know how he does that. He's an absolute madman. And around here, we all name Michael, we call him crazy in like the best way possible 
because he always manages to push the human body to do things that are like absolutely like unimaginable and he can he manages to do it um so it was just super crazy to just be there to watch him do that and to support him but um also just the environment that day was really like it was really cool everybody there is friends everybody there enjoys being around each other and you know it, we kind of all spent time together and reflecting on like how uh cool that this is that we were doing this to not only raise money but also um give back to the community that is so close to us and 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 uh gives us so much as as uh people here in in uh in the area we live in and um overall it was just yeah super cool experience super happy to be a part of it um it's one of those things that's gonna like last forever and uh the fact that i was able to be just a small part of it you know means means the world to me so no it was a great moment how long was you in the help? Uh, how much ring time did you have? Uh, I had two matches. So I had a match with Michael, and then I had a match with Larry against Michael. So, um, yeah, there's a period of there where we uh, we double teamed and, and and beat the poor man while he was uh, like five or six hours into this, and somehow he still manages to just get up and keep fighting. It's it's absolutely insane how how great that guy is. So. Okay. Oh. Can you tell tell us before there was the rats, there was the Jackson Four? <laughs> what? Wait, I feel like so. I feel like you know more about my career than I do yeah. because I remember hearing that name, but I don't know where it's from. It was a match at. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, okay. I'm- Lost it here, but it was a, from Real Canadian Wrestling. Um, you teamed with um, Evil Goose, Heavy Metal, and TJ Cannon against um, Team Real. Oh, Man. that's right. Silas Young was on that t- other team, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Kelly, Silas Young, son of Iris, and uh, Vince Austin. Oh yes. Okay. I didn't I actually didn't even know that we were named that team. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> you just taught me something new. Um, but no, like yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool day too because um, the night earlier before in that same night I actually wrestled Silas Young. It was a one on one match initially, um, and it was a super fun match. One of my favorite matches I've actually ever had. It was like in this little small town somewhere in Alberta, and uh, you know we were able to have a a match, and uh, it ended in kind of like a DQ, and all those guys kind of came out, and we ended up having a pretty fun four on four match. So. Uh, those matches are always pretty pretty fun where it's like you can just do an eight-man tag and kind of just, you know, have some fun, do some pretty cool things and, uh, you know, just be able to, to tag and to work with so many cool people like that. Um, it's a definitely interesting duo looking at it now from uh, from this perspective, the people in that ring. It's like yeah. everybody polar opposites in the whole <laughs> we're kind of in that match. So. It's a very eclectic group. <laughs> very, yeah. Very unique, well-rounded group, I would say. Now, uh, we've been speaking about everybody that you competed against. Um, you know, Zoe Sagal, John Morrison, Fandango, Michael Richard Blaze, Michael Allen Richard Clark. Um, can you tell us about wrestling Santa Claus? <laughs> you know, Santa Claus might be the hardest opponent I had out of all those people, I think. You know, there's something about Santa during Christmas where he's just unstoppable. You know, you can't you can't manage to get him. He's got um, that Christmas magic going on. 
Yeah, he's got that jolly, uh, that jolly nature for sure. Um, yeah, no, that was a that was a match I did last year um, for Top Talent Wrestling here in Edmonton, um, and uh, I played the Grinch and uh, Big Jess Youngblood. Uh, he played uh, the the Santa Claus, and uh, we had a pretty fun match. Um, one of my like favorite matches in my career, in a sense of like it was just so fun to do, and it was like. Very, I want to, I want to say low stakes, but just it was nice to like go out and and channel that kind of entertainment aspect of me and uh, see if I can pull out this character of the Grinch. And uh, I don't think I did amazing, but I think I I did pretty decent. I would say for somebody who uh, has doesn't have uh, formal acting chops. So, uh, but yeah, Santa Claus uh, put me in the dirt that day. I mean, it was a fun match. And usually those think- are the ones that are more. Um, you know, memorable or the funnel ones. Exactly. And I, uh, and that's the point, I guess, of wrestling is making memories. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of kids who watched that show that day that will, uh, you know, tell the tale of them watching Santa Claus beat the absolute shit out of the Grinch for 20 minutes at, uh, at a show. So if that's, uh, if that's all that comes out of it, I'm happy. Um, that being said, you did, um, that was featured on from the undercard and as of this recording is the most viewed episode of tales from the undercard so who really won in that in that match exactly hey you know what the grinch draws apparently you know <laughs> so i guess uh he's very popular more people should bring him into your wrestling shows because uh he seems to be making getting high numbers but uh he probably has a high uh probably has a high cost but it's worth it that brings us to um, T.Y. Uh, T. Jackson's Bizarre Adventure. You're a pro wrestler that goes up and down the roads and real crazy and bizarre things like that happen. Can you tell us a road story that fits that description? Oh, gosh. Bizarre things to happen. I'm, uh, I think for the most part, we had a pretty, a pretty tame wrestling a road trip experience, which is good because I know a lot of people have had absolute nightmares. Um, I think the f- the funniest one that comes to store to my mind was, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember who's in the car. I think it might have been just me, Larry, and Ben, and we were coming from a show in Innisfail, which is about an hour and a half away from where we live. And uh, usually, those smaller towns tend to have they tend to close early. There's not a lot of lights around, so it gets really dark. And uh, we, pat, we managed to pull into a gas station, but I wanted to take a shortcut, and this is in the middle of winter. And uh, I didn't realize that the shortcut I was taking was actually grass. So I just decided to drive my car halfway through this field, and it ends up getting stuck. Oh. But but luckily for me, <laughs> luckily for me uh, we had Ben and Larry get out there and push the car, and we were able to get it out really quickly. But um, that was definitely one of those moments where – they just looked at me like, T.Y., what the fuck are you doing? Like, come on, you know, use your brain. Um, but I think for the most part, we had pretty pretty tame car rides. So um, I'm thankful for that. Oh. Well, uh, something that's maybe not tamed is that David Blaine actually follows you on Twitter. Or yeah, he does. Yeah, so... Uh, so it, we use the, the, the lore of David Blaine in Tales from the Undercard. Um, it started off from a Christmas episode that we did where 
we were giving each other, you know, some gifts for like a secret Santa. And, uh, you know, I I happened to have a a deck of cards in my car that I used for the video. Um, And that kind of turned into like a bit about, you know, David Blaine and, you know, him teaching me to be a comedian or him teaching me to be a magician and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't know that I'm actually a big fan of magic and I'm actually a huge fan of David Blaine. I've been for the longest time. So, um, you know, it was really cool to kind of just be able to use that reference in Tales and add another like dimension to the T.Y. Jackson character um, of him, you know, being on this mysterious phone call with some man that claims to be David Blaine, but he doesn't really know, but he's such a big fan that he just like accepts it and, you know, uh, manages to get tricked. But uh, uh, one day I was just on Twitter and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to shoot my shot. And I just tweeted out to David Blaine um, and he got back and followed me and uh, that was uh, a pretty cool moment, not only for T.Y., but for the, the person behind T.Y., um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I can, I can forever say that my favorite, the magician follows me in, on Twitter. So, um, who wants anything more than that, I guess? I mean, yeah, that's a, a pretty magical experience, to say the least. Oh, yeah, no pun intended. And I'm trying to get Rich and the rest of the, the, uh, the Raz to, to sponsor a tale for somebody on the car trick where we go to Vegas to one of his shows. Um, and, uh. I think I'm, I haven't been able to convince anybody yet, but I think I'm going to be able to do it. We just have to get those tails numbers up and get that budget to do it. All right. I mean, with those new um, uh, sunglasses that Rich has given out, maybe there's something you could uh, pump up the prices of those or something. Exactly. You know, we need as much money as you can because, you know, the Rads is a group. We are not financially well off right now. So we need to <laughs> figure out how to make some money and make some money quick. I mean, maybe live will win the championship and you'll get that championship money. Exactly. Unless if it goes all to paying his car debt. But, uh, you know, the Razmobile is, uh, requires a lot of maintenance. So I guess maybe all the money will go there. But hopefully we can get see some of those earnings from Larry. Now, uh, was you present for the Denny's incident? Uh, I, I wasn't there. I've heard of it. I've heard of stories from everybody who was there multiple times. Um, I guess it's uh, the whole thing with Mayo, right? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Mayo, to be completely honest with you. I don't mind it. I think it's very basic and very bland. Um, I believe it was it TJ, the one who did who used TJ, a lot of yeah. Mayo or something? Yes. Um, yeah, so he's, a, he's an absolute psycho for that um, <laughs> because – you know, I feel like there's way other better condiments out there that actually have some flavor. Um, but you know what? Teach their own. I mean, TJ kind of, listen, he's part of seven and he's crazy. And all those seven people are, you know, have bad tastes and everything. So I don't, you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary that TJ kind of would like to just, you know, slather himself in mayo all the time. But teach their own, but it's not my cup of tea. All right. Well, uh, I'm not actually sure how to make the segue into this, so I'm just going to ask you. Okay. Can you tell us about the toilet paper discussion? <laughs> oh, God. How did you figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> you, have some, you have some good sources. Um, yeah, you caught me off guard there. Uh, okay, so um, hey, listen, I'll say this because, you know, uh, there's a lot of conversations you have in a locker room that are, you know, for the locker room and for locker room only. So I'll, I will honor that. But I will say that uh, 
there was a conversation of uh, what the best, you know, wiping technique is and what's the best um, method of wiping um, and uh, what to use. So uh, it was a very interesting conversation, very differing opinions across the board. Um, but uh, I, what I will say, though, is from my end, I'm a big believer of uh, that dry toilet paper is absolutely psychotic. And anybody who, you know, wipes with just dry toilet paper is crazy and is looking for problems because that is not cleaning. Um, my big argument was that, like, you know, if you were to get poop on your hand, would you wash it or would you just wipe it with a dry toilet paper? You know what I mean? So that's my take on it. People have different takes on it. Interesting conversation, but I'm just more surprised on how you figured that out because that's uh, – I don't even know how that got out of that locker room, but interesting conversations nonetheless. I mean, how does it even come up? <laughs> you know, I could say a lot about most of the conversations you have in wrestling. Uh, it's a very interesting group of people. You know, I love a lot of people in the locker room, but we uh, to be a pro wrestler, there has to be something wrong in your head. You know, you have to have a little screw loose to to compete in this uh, in this business. So it doesn't surprise me that there's some uh, conversations that are also on that same wavelength. I, yeah, I get it, and I mean, there are especially in the Edmonton locker, Edmonton uh, locker rooms, there are some very interesting and odd debates. I think it's because how, for a lot of locker rooms, I would say, um, especially like the Love Pro locker room and stuff like that, where like the majority of us are like friends and we're all really close with each other. And we all like genuinely enjoy spending time with another. So um, when that kind of barrier of like formality is gone, then you start to have the interesting and weird conversations, you know, that you would have with your friends. So um, it's no different in in the locker rooms here in, in Edmonton and across Alberta as well, too. That being said, could you tell us about Sheesh? Oh, Sheesh. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do I want to say about Sheesh? Well, I mean, I think it's – okay, so it, it really just started off as something that I say. So, like, when Rich and uh, all the other rides complained about, you know, TY being super annoying – it's because I would say a lot of these like internet references and like TikTok references and stuff like that. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware, but the sheesh was a, a, a reference that came, I think around pandemic time or just post pandemic time. Um, so I would use it and I would, you know, say it in conversations and stuff like that. And it would be really annoying to people and it would just be like really irritating. And, you know, once I was trying to figure out what the TY character was going to be as a heel, um, I was like, oh, well, this is absolutely annoying and irritating, so I might as well use it. Um, so I ended up using it as a heel. Um, it, it, it gets quite a good reaction, especially from the kids, you know, because it, they, they kind of refer to it more. And then adults just look at it like, what is this girl man screaming? Like, it makes no sense in this hand gesture he does. Um, but now as a face, I feel like I've, I've, I've toned it down a little bit, but like using it, I think as a face now it kind of comes off more as a you know a, a taunt or a chant that uh, people can get behind so um yeah it's been it's been an interesting uh, <laughs> interesting uh character arc for TOI but uh it's evolution. unique nonetheless a character evolution to so to speak yeah 
very yeah an evolution a very annoying character evolution but <laughs> a character evolution nonetheless I think that brings us to the colossal question. Let's say that I'm making a movie of that. Every movie has a soundtrack. So what would be the first three songs on the T.Y. Jackson movie soundtrack? How many songs uh, are, uh, did you ask? Is it just one or two? Three. Three, okay. If you have more than three, um, you, can, you can say them. But, you know, I, I just limit it to three. Yeah, that's fair. So that people just don't start listing off a million songs. Um, okay, for okay, so for the T.Y. Jackson character, I would have to, so I'd have to kind of go along the kind of hot rod summer angle. So uh, I would definitely play Heat Waves. Uh, I feel like that's a song that would fit the rads kind of gimmick in T.Y. Jackson. Um, I would probably say something by Michael Jackson, whether it's like, I don't know, maybe the the way you make me feel by Michael Jackson. I think would fit. Ty, okay. um, maybe not. Uh, I mean, no easy way out. A, a general one for the Rads, but I'll, I'll kind of leave that one out because it kind of embodies all of us. Um, and then maybe I'd put. Uh, I don't know. I put a song by a band called Surfaces. Uh, they have some pretty good songs, so maybe Real Estate is a pretty good one by Surfaces that I that I feel like fits the Ty character. So really upbeat, really happy, really you know catchy uh, would kind of fit my character now. Solid picks for sure. That being said, now that we got the soundtrack done, we're writing the script. The writer, the um, the writer's strike is over, so it's happening. It's getting written, and then we go to casting. Who plays Ty? And you can't say yourselves because you are obligated to make a Stanley-esque cameo. Okay, I have to make a Stanley-esque cameo. Yes. Who's going to play T.Y.? Oh, gosh. That's a great question. Because I can go many different angles with this. About who could play a character like T.Y. Because it's really annoying. But also, like, you know, the, the face T.Y. has a good heart. Um, so maybe I would say... Gosh. I'd say maybe, like, Jaden Smith, maybe? Or Will Smith? I feel like they're lovable but also hateable at the same time. <laughs> and I feel like, feel like that's where I want to go with. So, yeah, I'll say maybe Jaden Smith. Um, yeah. I mean, not to mention you have a great slap, and so does Will Smith. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. You just got to keep your na- keep my, uh, my wife's name out your mouth, right? That's all you got to do. Now, every movie has a supporting cast. Who would be people in your movie significant to you and who would play them okay um i mean i'd have to put the rads there i guess because i feel like that'd be the best movie um now who to play who would play rich king that's a gosh i don't know maybe like a very old like arnold arnold uh, schwarzenegger you know just very ripped but also like you know very very old just as the oldest as you can get because I want to see an old Arnold play rich. Um, to play Ben, I don't even know who would play Ben. Uh, maybe like a, like, a, like a Kevin James or something. I don't know. I feel like he'd be good at really short shorts and 
or like a Jonah Hill actually, just really short shorts and pasty skin. Um, and then we'll do Larry, and Larry I would do just like honestly anybody who just is like lives in their car could play Larry. You know, I'm not very particular on who that person would be. So um, it could be you, James. Just as long as you live in your car, you can play Larry. So that's my interesting cast of characters that I came up with on the spot. It's going to be a horrible movie, but, you know, it is what it is. I disagree. I think uh, it's a very interesting movie, and it's going to be very entertaining. Right up the Raz's alley, I guess, eh? And you can pre-order the tickets now. Exactly. Quickly, we need the money. We, need, we want to go to Vegas. We need to get that those David Blaine tickets. Exactly. They're not cheap. <laughs> I can imagine, especially now in 2023. Exactly. Agreed. On to a controversial subject. Pineapple on pizza. What's your stance? Honestly, I don't mind it. I feel like people hate on it for no reason. Like, there's like it's it gives that sweet and kind of salty taste, which I don't mind. You know, I'm not like don't sit here and like slather it in pineapple. Like, it can't just be like a whole pineapple on one pizza. That's absolutely gross. But like, you know, a couple little pineapple pieces here and there, you know, is not that bad. I don't mind it. Okay. What's your spirit Pokemon? Ah, oh, my spirit Pokemon. Gosh, I'm gonna have to think about this because, like, I'm not. I used to be a really big Pokemon fan when I was a kid, um, and as as I got older, I uh, kind of have let it go. So, gosh, I would maybe. I know it's basic, but I want to see like a Charizard. Maybe. Oh yeah. I feel like that would be a good uh, embodiment of of me. Um, yeah. Now, we love the late, great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym for THUG, T-H-U-G? Uh, I do not, no. T is for terrible, H is for hell, U is for ugly, and G is for jail, because of THUG can't spell. Oh, I see. <laughs> Interesting. I did not know that. Thank you for teaching me something new. We love the late great Tracy Smothers trying to keep the memory alive. You have to. You have to keep, yeah, the memory alive. Rest in peace. Now, uh, the weirdest question you'll be asked on a wrestling interview, would you ever consider wrestling a rock? Not Dwayne Johnson, not the country, an actual physical rock. I mean... You know, I feel like it'd be a challenge to get a good match out of a rock. Um, you know, I take the challenge. You know, if the if the money and circumstances are right, you know, I'd I'd wrestle an inanimate object like a rock or something like that. I mean, people out there wrestle a lot of different weird things. So, um, I'm sure I'm sure the rock though will be, uh, you know, it'll it'll have a you know uh, an ego or something. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to work around it. Um, you know, maybe won't won't want to take my moves and stuff like that. But I think I think I could uh, work uh, a physical rock. Well, just for context, there is this wrestler named Psycho Mike that wrestled an actual rock for over fifteen minutes. And uh, that's that. Uh huh. That's I said that's uh, that's very interesting. And I'm, <laughs> you okay. know what? Listen, 
whatever tickles your fancy, you know? Well, it was a Tungsten Man match. That's an Iron Man match that lasts for two weeks. Okay, well, whew. yeah, I think mine would last about 30 seconds, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> whatever, like I said, whatever floats your boat. And uh, he did not actually win that match as well. You can't. You got to put the rock over. Well, you know, or the physical rock over. Yeah, the rock was the champion, so, you know. Yeah. Come on, you can't just come over there, walk into his territory, and expect to take that championship from him. You gotta, you know, you gotta pay your dues. Oh yeah. On a more serious note, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh gosh, it's a great question. Um, I mean, obviously, I see myself wrestling, continuing to wrestle. Um, no pun intended, but I love wrestling. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's a really unique form of entertainment that I really enjoy being a part of. So um, I see myself wrestling in some capacity for the next five years, uh, for sure. Um, hopefully making it out to different places, traveling, seeing other places and being able to, you know, learn different things from, you know, different people. And, uh, you know, obviously try to make it to somewhere big and somewhere, you know, that has more exposure. I feel like uh, if you're not a wrestler and, and you kind of don't have that dream, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a common thing. But, uh, yeah, as long as uh, – what I can guarantee is that I will continue to be wrestling if I don't die. You know, that's that's the most important part. If I stay alive, I will be wrestling <laughs> in some capacity. <laughs> and what is a match people should go out of their way to see that best shows off what T.Y. Jackson is all about? Oh, that's a good one. Um, there's a lot. I would say maybe that match with John Morrison, I think, it kind of shows the different uh, side of me when it comes to, like, character and working with somebody who's a higher caliber so i, I definitely suggest that one um we had a match uh at lpw it was uh me and the rads against um state of emergency and my clown richard clark which i found was a really interesting match and a really fun match that we had with uh three uh six different people um who are all talented in their own ways so i recommend that one um and also the most recent match i had with reed matthews for lpw as well I think that was a really fun match, and uh, the crowd was really energetic that night, and uh, they were really behind all of that. So those are three, but there's there's a lot of different matches I would recommend um, on my end. So, Funny you mentioned uh, the match with State of Emergency and um, Michael Allen with his book. I believe that's the same match that uh, Larry and Rich mentioned as well. Yeah, no, I think that that match we kind of all agreed that was a really fun six man that we've had. Um, you know, it, you, it's hard to have a lot of six man tag matches sometimes because you know the stars have to align, especially on these bigger shows. So whenever you have a chance to work with each other, all three of us um, in the same match is like super cool. So I, I don't, I'm not surprised that we all chose that match as like our favorite <laughs> trios match that we've had. All right, and I will. Uh find those matches um, that you mentioned, and I will put them in the description of the video below, but on YouTube and CastBox for anybody that hasn't seen them, wants to see them, wants to re-see them after this interview. Thank you. And since we are nearing the conclusion of this interview, we are wrestling with the eight questions of dun, dun, dun. This is our speed okay. round, our bonus round, the round where we see you really are. Are you ready? Let's do it. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Uh, 
Jeff Hardy. Worst wrestler. Worst? Yes. Oh man, I feel that I feel like that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I can't even come up with one on the top of my head. Would you like the default answer? What's the default answer? You have chosen Eva Marie. Oh gosh, poor Eva Marie. <laughs> but I can't think of anything else, so I'm just gonna go with that, I guess. Your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship. Who is your opponent? Uh, Kofi Kingston. If you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Oh. Gosh. Maybe DX. Upgrade music. The original? Uh, yes. The OG DX. Okay. Finish the sentence. K-Fabe is... Controversial. We would have also accepted taste great on toast. It does, yes. Indeed. <laughs> Squash. Vegetable or fruit? Oh. Uh, it's sweet, but it's also... You know, you... A vegetable. I'm going to say vegetable. If I feel like I overthink it, I'm going to change my answer a million times. It is indeed a fruit. Oh, well. <laughs> I feel like that's a scam. <laughs> I feel like we've been scammed in the world. That it should be a vegetable, but who am I to say? It, uh, it's tomato logic. It has seeds. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's fair. I guess maybe technically, but I'm thinking of it more practically. So... And that's why you are now a part of Squash Squad. Oh, no. Not again. <laughs> I've been a part of the Squash Squad for a long time, especially in wrestling. So No, no. It's good. You're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> New Japan wrestler Tai Chi. His reindeer gets smaller every year. Really more himself the world. My question, what is the appropriate trunks the butt cheek ratio for reindeer? Well, gosh, I'm the big fan of not wearing super short stuff. So I would say the longer that your shorts can be, the better, you know? So I'm not a big fan of, you know, just, you know, sh showing that booty for free, you know? So uh, I'd say cover up. So long shorts for me. So full coverage. Yeah, I would say like almost tights level, you know? And the last question, the main event, the thing everybody wants to know. Have you ever had a conversation with a stranger in a supermarket about Darby Allen? About Darby Allen? Yes. No, I don't recall. I don't think I've had many conversations in general about Darby Allen, let alone with a stranger at a supermarket, so I have not. And that's the correct answer. <laughs> I feel like if somebody said yes, I feel like that'd be more questions than not, no? Uh, well, we've had people that said yes, and there were stories to be had. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Anything's possible, I guess. Yes. In the world of wrestling. <laughs> yes. Never say never. That will conclude this interview. Thank you so much, T.Y., for doing this with me. Oh, no. Thank you for having me, James. It's been a pleasure. 
once again, where can we find all things uh, T.Y. Jackson on social media? Yeah, so you can find all things T.Y. At, uh, on Instagram at T.Y. Jackson with dots between the T and Y. And then on X slash Twitter, you can find me at T.Y. Jackson with just underscores between the T and Y. So you can find me there, and I kind of post everything that I do on there, and all my links into my link tree and stuff are there too. So, um, And you can find me as well um, almost every week, every couple of weeks on Tales from the Undercard. It drops on our YouTube channel at Tales from, just Google Tales from the Undercard or search it up and you'll find it. Um, and you can kind of see under the playlist as well there that you can see all of our RADS matches as well organized by Wrestler too. So you can, if you want to see any of the matches I mentioned today, or um, you can kind of see it on the Tales from Undercard playlists as well. And you don't even have to type it into your Google machine. All of the links to all the social media, YouTube merchandise will be in the description of the video below, but on YouTube chat box. Simply click the link, a new tab will appear under the other device you will own. You have no excuse. Buy a damn shark. Of course, uh, thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, but on YouTube and Castbox. Um, this was sponsored by Rogue Energy and Parallel Coffee. Um, continue joining us for our three-year anniversary tomorrow as we interview Alexis Lee. And join us every Tuesday and Wednesday uh, for new incredible interviews. And follow us so at Wrestling with E, but on Twitter and Instagram um, and Dread um, for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. Follow me personally at JamesG993. All right, uh, TY, when I say wrestling with, you say entertainment, okay? Yep. For all right, special guests. T.Y. Jackson, Coleco Yacht, Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling With... Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.